shanked at the right side by Howden. Rebound side of the goal. They have scored. Howden did bank it home. Vegas wins in overtime. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. This one is over. 6-0. A shutout victory in game six for the Vegas Golden Knights. For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... You waited all week to do that, didn't you, Chappie? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. We're going to catch up with you in a little bit. But first, we're going to turn our attention to Sunrise, Florida and Darren Millard. Darren joins us on the phone. Darren, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's been a day to uh, reflect on the first three games of this series and uh, try to analyze uh, where the switch will be as far as whether this is going to be a longer uh, Stanley Cup final than a lot of people anticipated. Yeah, you know, you look at uh, where we're at right now versus where we might have been if the Golden Knights were able to hold on to a 2-1 lead with 2 minutes 13 seconds left in game number 3. But now we've got ourselves a series, or at least it feels that way. And to further break it down, we're going to bring in former executive producer for Hockey Night in Canada and the host of the Bob McCown podcast, John Shannon. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. Um, let's start right off the bat when it comes to this series, when it comes to Game 3. What was your take-home messaging or just your thoughts on that game from the Florida Panthers' perspective and from the Golden Knights' perspective? Well, for 57-plus minutes, uh, to me it was one of those uh, snoozers that I think that uh, had it gone that way, uh, we would be talking about a 3-0 Vegas lead as the Knights did a tremendous job of controlling the flow of the play and and had exactly what they wanted out of the Panthers and then after the the panic set in from the Panther perspective of pulling the goalie and and then being a little more aggressive they you know the tide turned it was it was one of those games that I think as Bruce Cassidy said after the game they they played a pretty good road game mm-hmm. they did what they had to do did they miss some chances in the third period and was Bobrovsky good yes but at the same time, they certainly played well enough to win. And the Panthers, uh, if you haven't watched the Panthers play these playoffs, this was classic Panthers when they struggle back, score a key goal, and then in overtime. You know, you, you kind of mentioned it, right? We're, we're two and a half minutes or so away from talking about a, a 3-0 series lead for the Golden Knights and looking at just how how much it, it, it's been kind of a dominant performance from Vegas. When, when you view it that way, is it tougher to lose a game like that? Like, if you're the Golden Knights, is it tougher to lose a game where you feel like you were in control and, and probably should have gotten that over the finish line as opposed to losing a game, you know, 7-2 like the Panthers did in game number two? Well, if you're an inexperienced team, I think the answer would be yes. But I, I think what you know, the veterans 
and the experience that uh, is throughout the Golden Knights roster, uh, I think this just probably makes them more determined to make sure that they finish the job, at least for these two games, in Sunrise. That, that to me, is the, the key. You're not going to see Mark Stone let up tomorrow night. You're not going to see Alex Petrangelo let up tomorrow night. You're not going to see Jack Eichel let up tomorrow night. So I, I think for a lot of teams, they, the answer might be yes, but I don't think that's the case for this team with the Golden Knights. I have to be honest with you guys. In watching that game uh, unfold in Sunrise and knowing what was at stake for the Florida Panthers, I was left underwhelmed by the desperation and the motivation to put forward a a much more dominant performance by a team that season hung in the balance. I think Florida, like John uh, alluded to earlier, was quite fortunate to come out of that uh, with the victory. Vegas was physical. Uh, They got to Matthew Kachuk uh, and knocked him out of the game for a little bit. Their power play was uh, very effective and is is dominating uh, this Stanley Cup final head-to-head against the Florida Panthers. It's one of the best streak that they've been on in the entire Stanley Cup playoffs, and their penalty kill has been perfect in the the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Vegas went through an unusual situation of being beat in a game five-on-five, which is their strength. If that's just a little bit better, they're the winning team. And uh, to your question, Ryan, about is it uh, more difficult to digest a, a close victory or an overtime victory, I, I think it, it uh, shows Vegas that, uh, that they're really right, uh, right in this for their series to win and to be able to take advantage of it. Because if that's the best that we're going to see out of Florida in that situation, Vegas should be able to come back and, and, and uh, respond uh, like we saw in game one or two. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree with that, but I, I guess the question that, that Bear's asking is, is that the best we're going to see from the Florida Panthers, or do they have another gear? Well, I don't know what uh, they're waiting for then, John. Well, I, I, here, here's what I would say. You, you know, the, the edge and the crassness that we saw the Panthers play the game in games one and two that got them in trouble... I think they were learning how to play the game again in Game 3. Uh, they still took some stupid penalties. Yep. They still had issues of crossing the line every once in a while. I don't think they know how to play any other way. Uh, and I think that I think in many ways, they, in, in trying to avoid playing that way, they became a much more meek and mild hockey club. And that's not the way they're going to be successful. So I, I don't... I think we're going to see the, goal, the, the Panthers go back the way they played probably in game one and, and try to play to the edge and not over, but they're not going to be allowed to do it. And then, they, then the composure and the professionalism of the Golden Knights, I think, is going to come through as it, as it did in the first two games. And, and, and really, it did for the first, what, 57 minutes of, of game three. So... This was this was not a total disaster that that uh, that faced the, the Golden Knights last night. This was just the unfortunate part of losing in the last two minutes and thirteen seconds of regulation and overtime. Uh, just to pick up on that, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, if they rolled back that game, I think that a lot of people will say Vegas will be able to finish more. Mm-hmm. 
and to put a couple behind Sergey Bobrovsky, who played his best game by far uh, of the series. But I'll go uh, to the other end. If Vegas plays that same game as they did in Game 3, uh, they would allow fewer goals because they didn't give Florida a sniff. And even with all the power plays uh, for both teams uh, in this series, uh, the penalty kill was as good as we've seen Vegas uh, serve up uh, on uh, killing penalties and five on five, uh, they could less than 25 shots against. And uh, I'd be more comfortable Vegas winning uh, a low scoring game as I would be uh, them being able to put in a, a couple more goals. That was arguably as good defensively mm-hmm. as we've seen right up there with game six against Dallas or game uh, five against Winnipeg in which Winnipeg made some noise late in that game when they pulled their goaltender, but that was a stifling defensive performance, and that's where I would draw most of my confidence from a Vegas perspective. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that either. I, I think for the Golden Knights, it, it, it kind of speaks to you know John's point. 57 minutes, the Golden Knights were playing the way you want to, and I didn't have any issue whatsoever with how Vegas played in the third period because they generated quite a few chances. They didn't give up very much, and it's really just kind of a bounce that lands for Matthew Kachuk, and you got to give him credit for going there. But you know, I, I guess that was kind of the the other aspect of it too. Is when you look at the performers for the Florida Panthers last night, you get a goal from Brandon Montour, you get Matthew Kachuk with a couple of points, including that big goal, and then Carter Verhage wins it in overtime. Is there is there anything else the Golden Knights have to do to to try to keep Matthew Kachuk from impacting the game, or is this just a situation where that player doesn't need a lot of opportunities to be impactful? I think he's always going to be impactful. I think that's, but it, but it's controlling the environment around him that I, I think is the key. You know, you can isolate him in, in so many ways, uh, I think, in, in order to make it frustrating for him that he can't get his teammates overly involved. You know, I, I, the other thing is, and, and Darren touched on it a little bit, but w- when I looked at the event, a summary at the end of the game and saw that the Golden Knights had 31 block shots. Uh, 31 block shots. I mean, the, the you know the forwards and the defensemen stopped more pucks than Aiden Hill did. Yep. Um, and and that's that's a real attribute. That's a solid solid statistic for a team that is playing a complete game. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure that if if both teams play exactly the same way tomorrow night, I'm not sure that you know th- that the result isn't the opposite. You know, and it and it ends up two to one. The other thing, and I, I'm going to disagree with Darren for the first time in my life. Darren and I always agree <laughs> on everything. Um, is I, I think I think the only way Florida wins is if it's low scoring, and I think mm. that. I think gold, the Golden Knights can win either way. Yeah, I, I think that, I, I you know. Too. I think it could. I think it could be seven two tomorrow night for the Golden Knights, or it could be two one Golden Knights. And the only way that the only way that Florida can control their own fate is keep the score low and make sure that they cut down on the opportunities. Or or goalie Bob stands on his head like he did in the third period. So here's the the underlying uh, unknown is confidence. And you know, uh, John, you, you watched it. Uh, I mean, uh, back in 1993, we got the 30th anniversary of the, the Montreal Canadiens uh, winning the Stanley Cup uh, with Patrick Wilde leading that team out of nowhere, winning 10 straight overtime games and, uh, and being the last Canadian team to ever win. 
that team lost the first two games uh, of its playoff year and was really on the ropes and turned it around. They got some confidence and, and were able to roll. What does, that, what does the confidence do to uh, instill a little bit of life into the Florida Panthers? That's what I'll be looking to see in, in Game 4. But countering that, and I was uh, told this leaving the building last night, that Matthew Kachuk was banged up on that hit by Keegan Colasar. It wasn't uh, just simply uh, protocol coming out of the game for a stretch of time and then returning, that there's uh, a potential for some fatigue or stiffness or uh, bruising uh, or, or a challenging uh, situation with that arm uh, that he was stretching out that we saw him uh, on the bench. And I'm curious to see how Matthew Kachuk is able to perform going forward uh, through this game. He obviously now, was good I, enough the other guy, the rest the of the game. Guy, Brandon, scored, Brandon Martour is pretty banged up, too. You can see What's it, that? Darren. Brandon Montour is in tough spot, too. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they've, uh, they've played a physical playoff, and it's, uh, in many ways it might be catching up to guys like those. So that'll be something that I'll keep in mind. There's the confidence factor, which should be a plus for Florida. Uh, I think uh, Vegas is undaunted because they feel really comfortable with their game. And then the, uh, the intangible of, of health and the wear and tear of uh, two big players. And Brandon Montour also has the fatigue, uh, having flown uh, cross-country a couple of times uh, with the birth, the birth of his first, first child. Um, they, they got something going from those two guys. They can't win without them. But how much more do they have left in the tank? And, and I think that's going to be something that we look at in game number four. But, I, you know, I, I guess when you look at the, the bounce back from Sergei Bobrovsky, like, how do you view his game in in game number three, do you do you view that as a goalie Bob win for the Florida Panthers? I don't think they win without him. Uh, like he he was he was that good. Now he he got a couple of breaks uh, as well, but the save that he made off Michael Amadio in, in the the winning seconds uh, or main winning minutes uh, of the third period, I thought mm-hmm. was uh, was brilliant. Uh, I. I I thought I was happy for him. I thought uh, he deserved uh, a bounce-back performance. Uh, it, it shows uh, how, how talented he is, that he's able to, to shake things off. Uh, but uh, he also got a couple of breaks in there. Uh, he, they don't win without him. Mm-hmm. They, they, that, that's flat out. But can you play like that against Vegas for three more times to, to, to put up uh, victories? I don't know. Uh, is he capable of it? Mm-hmm. He's shown that he can go on uh, incredible runs, but he's also got to get some support uh, up front, and that's where I'm wondering whether there's there's more to give than than whether Bob's got more in the tank. I think the biggest the biggest difference between games one and two and game three was the amount of traffic that was in front of Bobrovsky, uh, and I think you'll see a return to that. Because let's face it, Florida did a better job of keeping the pucks away from that middle zone of the ice in Game Three, and I think if 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 the Golden Knights get back to where they were in front of Bobrovsky and screening Bobrovsky, and then having the defender help screen Bobrovsky, uh, then we're going to see another different result. I think that's I think that's a a real factor in how the Golden Knights could control the game, and we're going to. We're, I guarantee you Bruce Cassidy is ensuring that we're going to see more people 
have more time in front of the net tomorrow night than they did in Game 3. Five on five, look look for Vegas to be a lot more dominant uh, because they were carried by a power play last night. And they took some, some, some penalties that they just don't take. And uh, surrendering that many power play opportunities to the opposition in that, uh, in that fashion was really out of the norm for Vegas. Yeah, it absolutely was. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, obviously they come through on, on the right side when it comes to special teams, and their penalty kill has been fantastic so far in the Stanley Cup final. But I, I that's, that's another aspect of going into game number four. What are your expectations for the, the way the game's going to be called? Because, you know, you look at that game, game number three, a lot of special teams in terms of, uh, of maybe interrupting game flow. What are you guys expecting? And, John, you go first. What are you expecting from a... a a standard uh, standpoint in game number four. I think the standard was set before game one, and it hasn't changed. Mm. And I think that, and I actually think that that's in favor of the Golden Knights, who, you know, were the the least penalized team in the regular season, and uh, love the fact that uh, that Florida feels they have to be uh, aggressive uh, all the time in order to uh, be successful. So. I don't think I don't think the officiating changes. I think that you know we have a, a small group of officials under Stephen Walkham and Colin Campbell that they've already decided they're how they're going to call this Stanley Stanley Cup playoff and the Stanley Cup final. They aren't changing a darn thing. Uh, Florida did though. There was there was a lot less uh, between the whistles mm-hmm. last night than we saw in game number one and two. Uh, I, I I didn't have an issue with any of the penalties outside of the very last one. Uh, I thought uh, that maybe that one could have been let go because of uh, just losing an edge uh, by Chandler Stevenson. Yeah, but I'm not I, sure. I'm not at, sure they could see that, Darren. I'm, yeah, I'm I know. Not sure I know. They could see I, that. I looked at. I was just going to say. I've looked at it seven times, and I still can't tell whether there was actually a trip there or whether he lost it. But that's the only one. The rest of them, there was a lot of penalties last night, and it did. Sure. Uh, Ryan, you're absolutely right on. Interrupted. Float and, and bog things down, but uh, but I thought uh, that they were all all warranted, and uh, I'm uh, I, I just thought Florida adjusted its game uh, significantly to try and uh, keep the antics uh, down uh, a little bit. They were able to come on on the right end. Mm-hmm. Now that would that's a that was a major shift. You guys would you agree from yep. game yeah. one or two to, to game three? Can you continue to do that, or is the the uh, all the extracurricular stuff, just part of your DNA, and you end up going back to it. That's what I'll be curious about. Well, I, I think well, the, to John's earlier point, it, it's yeah. that it's that I, I don't know that the Florida Panthers are at their best if that's how they're playing. Like I, I, I recognize that you've got to maybe change some things, but the, the Florida Panthers, to me, didn't look like the Florida Panthers. Darren, you brought it up. It, it didn't really feel like a desperate team that, that felt nope. like their season was on the line. And, and I think to, to John's earlier point that – I'm expecting the Panthers to look more like the Panthers in games one and two, where they're trying to initiate, they're trying to be physical, because I think that that is their DNA. That is their identity. Well, I think that's, and I think that's, that's the key. And, it, and, and you know, it, it dovetails in with what Darren talked about with confidence. Mm-hmm. Do they feel better about themselves now? Do they feel they have momentum? And do they feel a little cockier about it? And that's going to be Paul Maurice's most difficult coaching challenge tomorrow is to be able to say, boys, we won the game because we were, well, we played boring hockey. We played boring (laughs) hockey. That's why we won the game. Are you prepared to do that again? 
And I mean, even late in the game, I don't know if you saw it, Darren, but a couple times late in the game, Matthew Kachuk's doing a little rabbit punch to a guy here, rabbit punch to a guy there after the whistle, and they let him get away with it last night. But you wonder how many times you can do it in the in, in a key game like tomorrow night, and, and will he be able to get away with it? Uh, I will tell you this, as somebody that was in the building last night, and I was trying to reconcile this throughout the game because I wasn't sure it was just because I watched so many games at T-Mobile Arena or, or be, whether it was the actual environment at uh, FLA uh, Live or, Arena. That, I, I was shocked at the uh, at the vibe in, inside the uh, the building last night. Uh, Florida scored first. There, there was some jump in the building, but it was a nervous crowd instead of a crowd that was excited to watch their first final in more than, than 25 years. First final ever in that building, uh, for one, because the last time they were, they were downtown in Miami. Uh, it, it was a, a very edgy, uh, scared, uh, on... Uh, on pins and needles crowd last night, and and I, I think that has, uh, contributed to the to the just flatness uh, of the building. I, I don't know whether you could tell that on, on on watching on TV, but the the building was flat. Oh yeah, well no, it, it, I and I I think that that played into uh, why I I think a lot of people thought the game was boring and the series yeah. is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can because uh, it, it was so. Uh, anti what we've seen the Panthers play this year in the playoffs, certainly. Uh, I also think that there's a, there's a level of understanding and sophistication of that fan base that, you know, I, I, was, I, I was feeling, believe it or not, feeling bad for Panther fans that they hadn't seen more than one goal. Yeah. You know, it's one of those one of those guilt things. I mean, you, and we've seen it so many times over the years. I mean, I, I, did, I produced the series in 1996. And remember, you know, the great game four was a one nothing triple overtime game, and the Panther fans were wild all night long, but they never saw their own team score a goal. And you, you, kind, you actually kind of feel bad for people because you go to these games to see scoring plays, and they didn't have one that night, and they, you know, up until the 57-minute mark, they only had one all night long last night. Uh, the first ever win in the Stanley Cup final for the Florida yeah. Panthers in uh, what was uh, the second opportunity. Uh, before we let you go, John, I just want to jump over to a different subject uh, because I've been talking to some people today. Uh, out and about. We went over to Gulfstream Racetrack uh, this afternoon uh, with, uh, with our good friend Eddie Olchek. You were on the beach all day. No, I was at the racetrack. About? Oh, oh, you, you, and you and Eddie O were at the racetrack. <laughs> yes, yes, Eddie O hosted a bunch of us over there, and we, we were just bouncing some things around, the, some topics uh, around the league. And uh, the name Patrick Waugh came up uh, today, hmm. and he wants back in as a coach, but he's very uh, honest and uh, aware of the fact that the way he bailed on Colorado a number of years ago uh, is causing people some concern because he's so emotional. Do you think Patrick Waugh, uh, who just won the Memorial Cup in, in, uh, in, uh, with the Canadian Hockey League with their championship, uh, do you think Patrick gets back in? Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, let me put it this way. If I was the president of a hockey team, uh, I wouldn't hire him. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, or, or if I, 
or if I was looking at Hiram, I would really have to have a, risk, a I mean, more than one serious conversation about, A, Patrick, remember, you're just the coach. B, Patrick, you're not the general manager. And C, Patrick, the game has changed. And what tools in your coach's toolbox do you use? You know, coaching junior hockey, uh, you know, tantamount to coaching college basketball is much different than coaching professional hockey versus professional basketball. And so can, can he adapt? You know, he, it's funny, uh, he's actually changed agents in the last uh, six or seven weeks in order to try to become more conventional in his uh, way of approaching teams. He certainly does want to get back in, but will will Patrick Waugh toe the line is the key question, and I don't know anybody that has that answer yet. Hmm. He's saying all the right things. The only thing that I would ask him to do is shave that beard. Stop. Or at least cut it down. Come on. That's an awful beard. What what are you talking about? (laughs) It's a terrible beard. Are you telling me that you're telling me in this day and age that people should be told to shave beards, dye hair, don't do things like that? Hmm. Well, I was made to dye my hair. Yeah, but at, that was a stupid Rogers. decision by stupid people. <laughs> you know it as well as I do. The white streak in my hair, I was told if I was accepting the job as a national host, I had well, to dye that white strip. I don't know. I, t- I tell you what, I just thought you, it was just your classic way of, of using highlights. You know, <laughs> <laughs> leave the beard alone, Darren. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like guys with beards. Yeah. I like beards, just not the big bushy ones. It's too too distracting. Listen, look at it. Look at it this way: he can coach the team and then be Santa Claus at the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the best. Uh, hey, by the way, who uh, who do you think wins Game Four? Oh, no, I, I I said the Golden Knights would win the series in five, so mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious okay. who I think is going to win game four. You know, well, I think uh, my pal George, who I want to say hello to for all those people who are listening in from George's suite, the luxurious suite at the penthouse at the Ritz-Carlton in Fort Lauderdale, I just want to say hello. Hmm. Giving away our uh, location. I see. No, I, I, just, I, just, I just guessed it. You gave it away. <laughs> oh, that just turned the tables on me. Oh. You're, you're sneaky. John you're never sneaky misses. Guy. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, JS. Have a uh, great weekend and uh, SPF 50, Darren. If I see tomorrow night on that pregame show that you do that you are Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger, I'll know you weren't at the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lost $2 today. I placed six bets, seven bets, actually. I lost $2 total. I won a couple of big ones, so you'd be proud of me on that one. But how was the buffet? Uh, the buffet was amazing, and Keith Jones was my go-to. I, I went from Eddie, who gave me some good advice. I wasn't winning. Keith Jones saddled up beside me. We caught up, and Keith Jones brought me into the winner's circle. There you go. Yeah, so he's already off to a good start with Philadelphia. (laughs) Have a good weekend, boys. Be good, buddy. See you, buddy. That uh, John Shannon, always great, always fantastic. And, uh, you know, for for 
that entire roundtable. Like it, it, it does feel in this moment right now. Like you look at the Golden Knights through three games. I, I, I think they have been the better team in all three games. I look at the way that they played last night, and my expectation is that if the Golden Knights bring that game into game number four, they're going to be fine. I, I really do believe that. So uh, that's really what it comes down to for Vegas. They've got to find a way to just understand that the result happens. It is what it is. You get a couple of guys making a play, but I don't know. I don't get the sense, right, that the Florida Panthers are going to play that type of game again. And even if they do, the Golden Knights were right there. We still got a lot more to get to here on the VGK Insider Show. We'll take a break. We'll come back and bring in Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Game four, Stanley Cup final tomorrow. Five o'clock puck drop, four o'clock pregame show. I'm going to be hanging out. Born and raised, North Las Vegas. Craig, North 5th. I'll be there all game long. So you're going to want to come down, say hello, hang out, and watch the Golden Knights as they take on the Florida Panthers. As I mentioned, Game 4, the Golden Knights, a 2-1 series lead. The Panthers get their first ever, that's right, first ever win in the Stanley Cup Final, and it only took them seven tries. It only took them seven tries. And, like, I'm not being reductionist, okay? Like, before everybody gets mad at me and starts talking about it, like, I didn't, I didn't, I'm happy for Panther fans. And, like, I know that's going to sound ridiculous, but the fact of the matter is, like, you want to be able to celebrate something in the Stanley Cup final. Only one team's going to be able to win it all. Only one team's going to get a Stanley Cup out of this. But you want both fan bases to have a moment, right? A, a celebration of sorts. And last night, it was absolutely that for Panthers fans because they have been through this before, once before. They were swept in their first ever Stanley Cup final matchup against the Colorado Avalanche. And then... Drop the first two games. So you celebrate every win, right, Chapman? Like, I, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with Rob. Rob called in last night on the post-game show. Rob called me on his way out of the game. Like, that's the reach of the post-game show, okay? Rob from Florida called me after the game gloating about how the Panthers are going to win the Stanley Cup. I think that's I think that's really cool. But um, then he hung up on me. Oh well, that's not cool. Like, well, give, it was frustrating. Me, you know, have a, have a back and forth, Rob. Well, that's what I'm saying. But but look, I mean, I in defense of the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. that what was it, 1996? They they ran into a a really really good team. Yeah. Um. You know, I I don't remember the seat the Panthers were, but I don't think they were expected to get to the Stanley Cup final. Much like this year, probably not a lot of people had them on their in their bracket. To make it to this to the, the final, but in '96 they ran into a team that that was able to defeat mm-hmm. a buzzsaw, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, so it's not like it's not like they played a bad team in, in the Cup final and, and they got swept. They played a really really good team with a guy you consider to be the greatest goalie of all time in net. Oh, that's that's Dominic Hasek so, play for them. Oh not no. I, why did I think you thought? Wow, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, that's right. You, okay, you are the Hasek guy. There but, is but, no. And we just talked about Patrick. We did Watt just too. talk about Patrick. Maybe Watt. that's why it's in my mind. It's that's probably why. But there's there is a there is a part of me that remembers what it was like being a fan of hockey, and it, particularly a fan of a team, and just never being able to beat Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Ever, not ever, not any time, never, ever, ever. 
it's a complicated relationship that I have <laughs> with the legacy of Patrick Waugh. It's 100%. I am not a Waugh guy. Not it's, a, it's understandable. Look, I mean, it, and, and I I understand your your affinity towards Patrick Waugh. Or, 1993 or towards, towards is still Dominic a problem Koshik. for me. Too. Yeah, Chapman. yeah. Come on. I, I, I understand that. Yeah, but I mean... But look, I mean, I know, I know you have a relationship with Buffalo, so that would explain a little bit more the, the, the Hashik love, and you know, you you were a big fan, and you've always been a big fan. Yeah, so best goalie ever. So look, in, in, in Marty in, Brodeur for on. for Florida, they they ran into that guy. They ran sure. into to Patrick Waugh. They ran into a really damn. By the way, that that documentary on the pan, on the uh, Red Wings and the and mm-hmm. the Avalanche is mm-hmm. incredible. But I digress. They should be excited. They, 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 if I was a Florida Panthers fan, I would believe mm-hmm. that my team has a chance to win. And I would believe they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. If I was a Vegas Golden Knights fan, I would feel the same exact way. I, I would tell you I'd much rather be in Vegas's position right now than Florida's, but the Panthers gave their fans reason to believe last night. Okay, so we've seen now three games in the Stanley Cup final. Um, how many games have the Golden Knights been outplayed? None. How many games have the Florida Panthers been outplayed? All three. If you play that game last night the exact same way, 10 times, how many times do the Panthers win? <laughs> Not a lot. Um, I, I thought they were, they were, there were some beneficial breaks that mm-hmm. went their way. Mm-hmm. Vegas, I thought, played an uncharacteristic game because, as you guys mentioned in the first segment, quite a few penalties. Will Carrier with three penalties. Very unusual game. And the good thing is their, their penalty kill has been really good. But. 12 for 12 in the Stanley Cup it final. Disrupts, it disrupts your, fi- your, well, your your flow. And, and that, to me, was the biggest thing. Like, And, and I, I know that there were conversations throughout the game about the ice conditions. To me, the, the flow of the game was most impacted by the fact that there was essentially no five-on-five five play. Right, the second period, and that's and, not what Vegas wants. And, and and well, I mean, despite the I, fact that I the, disagree their, with their, that, their special teams has been has been excellent in this series. Their, three their, games, power, they, their power play is clicking at just under forty percent. Their really penalty good. kill has been perfect. perfect, and it's not like the Florida Panthers are getting a ton of chances but on I the think, power play. I think Vegas is so much better five on five sure, and I such agree a with that. deeper team yeah. from top to bottom that. Look, I, I I think top end talent. I think Florida probably wins that that. But well, Sasha Barkov has been a non factor. Sam Bennett has been a non factor. These guys have been non existent in this series. Well, I think top end talent. You're talking about Barkov, and you're talking about Kachuk. Yes, I like, I, and and that's no disrespect to Sam Bennett. He's been a fantastic no, player, and it's not, but it's, it's not disrespectful to Jack Eichel and Mark Stone either, because but I mean, they're 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 both excellent players as well. But that's the fact, right? Like when we're talking about Jack Eichel and we're talking about Mark Stone, like that's the proxy for the Golden Knights. The the Eichel. Comparable is is Matthew Kachuk. The the Barkov comparable is, is Mark, Mark Stone. Stone. Two Sel- and, two guys who are, who are in the Selkie conversation. And you talk about high end skill, probably giving the edge to the Panthers. But the fact of the matter is, they've been outperformed by the Golden Knights. Yeah, because the Golden Knights are a deeper team. The fourth line for for Vegas is so much better than the fourth. I mean, Saturday night they didn't even have a fourth line. They mm-hmm. they, they left the guy off. They they played seven defensemen. So. I guess the question is, and and John Shannon brought up a great point, and I think it's one worth exploring here. The Florida Panthers did not look like themselves in Game Three. It was weird. Can they win a game playing to their identity? Like, and and I'm again, I don't want to be reductionist, and I'm not sitting here talking about this series as if it's completely over because I do believe there is something to Florida's ability to stick around and find ways. We've talked about the Golden Knights in that way 
quite a bit throughout the season, right? Like this is a team that finds a way to win. If they are imperfect, and that's a word Bruce Cassidy has used many times, they still do find a way. There's still something about them that finds a way. And and I'd make the same argument for the Florida Panthers. But the fact of the matter is, Florida's DNA is to get in on the four check, to run you into the boards, to check you into oblivion, create turnovers, and then finish in and around the net. They didn't do that very much in game number three. They did it a lot. They tried to do it in game number one and two. They didn't do it very much in game three. Game three was boring. It really was. It was boring. It was dull. And the fact of the matter is, if the puck bounces a different way, Matthew Kachuk doesn't score the game-tying goal. Well, if I mean, Ivan Barbashev was, was, what, an inch or two away from... from Making it 3-1. It's the post. You got the Brett Howden where he's able to to kind of find a puck right off to the side. Bobrovsky leans out, makes yeah, a great but, blocker save. But to answer your question, the only way Florida can win a game playing that style is if Vegas falls into the trap. So like what we saw in Edmonton. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. If Vegas gets into that, if, if they get sucked in to that, that, that style of play... I think it's an advantage for Florida. The thing is, I don't think I think Vegas is too disciplined. Uh-huh. I think they have too many leaders. I think they're too well coached to fall into that trap. Well, they're more versatile, right? Yeah, and, and that's the other aspect of it too. Like the Golden Knights are comfortable in a boring game because they'll just pack the middle. Thirty-one block shots, as as we talked about earlier. Like the, the fact of the matter is, Florida didn't really get to the inside very much, and you know you start to look at the goals that they did score. You probably don't overcommit to Matthew Kachuk on the on the on the first goal of the game. That that doesn't so then you don't leave that lane open for Brandon Montour. That's an adjustment that I think the Golden Knights will make. Then you start to look at the you know the game tying goal for Matthew Kachuk. There's a couple of things, right? Like they're able to recycle a puck. You're not close enough to your net. Zach Whitecloud's on the on the wrong side of Kachuk, but yeah. like that's a thing that'll happen, right? Like Matthew does a great job of finding ways to position his body so that he is first guy on the puck in those situations. And and every other instance in this series, the Golden Knights have done a really good job being on the right side of the puck. That one time they're not, and it ends up in the game tying goal. Yeah, I, I I thought not not the not a game that Zach Whitecloud is going to circle and say that that well, it was one of his best. But no, but he'll be better. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. because because we know Zach he he's going to watch the film and it's going to piss him off mm-hmm. because he 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 hates to lose and I think he he will be better. You know the the, the game winning goal Zach, you know he he is shot blocked. Maybe not the guy you want shooting the puck in that situation, but it happens. It got mm-hmm. blocked. And then he he made a I would say an errant pass behind the boards to to Nick Haig and you know they were unable to 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 get the puck out of the zone and and look it it, it happened but I think ultimately Vegas is a better team they're going to win the series so I remember was it game was it after game five against Dallas maybe it was game four I'm not sure I I don't remember when it was but I asked you after the Golden Knights had dropped a game to Dallas. Was there anything there that made you believe that the series was going to end in a different way than you thought it would? Meaning, is there anything that you saw from the Dallas Stars that led you to believe that they're going to come back and beat the Golden Knights in the series? I'm going to extend the exact same question to you here in this moment after game number three. Did you see anything from the Florida Panthers that leads you to believe that it might end differently than you thought it would going into the series. No, because I thought they were very fortunate to win last night. I don't think they were the better team. I think maybe they would 
behind closed doors say that they weren't the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, look, and, and here's the here's the, the 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 other aspect. I'll go back to the Dallas series. Vegas didn't have urgency in Game Five. Mm-hmm. I and I remember specifically asking Bruce Cassidy how that was a thing, and he 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 was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't know how that wasn't a thing." Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went on to talk about the twenty four giveaways and and mention the Arizona Coyotes. Talk about, talk about that crazy. They had twenty three Florida Panthers last night. Twenty three giveaways. Yeah. So, and won the game. So so it, it's funny because I don't think Vegas will come out tomorrow night and not play with urgency. Mm-hmm. I think in their mind, Vegas knows they're the better team. I think they want to they they want to close this out as quickly as possible. Sure. Because the longer it goes on the more belief you give to the Florida Panthers. Well, not only that, but you run the higher risk because Florida plays such a physical game. You run the risk of an injury. So here's here's my answer to that question. There are There's one thing I'm pulling that I say, okay, you know what? It might get interesting. And that's the play of Sergei Bobrovsky. He was great last night. I night. thought he was fantastic. And like He was the best player on the ice. There were moments where I saw some discourse like, oh, God. Well, the Golden Knights are shooting right into the middle middle mat, like center mass. They weren't. They yeah. absolutely were not. Sergei Bobrovsky was making all world elite phenomenal saves. Yeah. He was battling and battling hard. It was the bounce back that you needed to see if you're a Panthers fan. But that's the standard he has to play at every, every game. single game. I think last night, and I'm and I'm thinking, but I think it's the only game in the playoffs for the Golden Knights, where I could legitimately say the goalie stole the game. Yeah, they got goalied. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen three more times. Now, here's the other thing, though. And it goes back to, again, what we talked about with John and and Darren in, in the first segment, is that I feel like if the Panthers looked like themselves and won that game last night, it, it might move me in that direction yeah, a little bit more. I think so. But they didn't look like themselves. And I don't know that Paul Maurice is going to be able to get everyone to buy in for as long as they're going to need to to commit to playing that boring brand of hockey. They played very timid. They did, 100%. As Darren mentioned, right? Where was the urgency? There really wasn't any until there was two and a half minutes left. And you're, yeah. In a six-on-five situation, that's when the Panthers decided to play with urgency. Yeah, because the, the game, in, in theory, could have been over mm-hmm. with Barbashev. If Barbashev scores that goal, I think the game is over. And I think the series is over at that point. Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously for the Golden Knights, they're in a good spot. You'd much rather be up 2-1 in a series than down 2-1 in a series. We'll see now, what we get in Game Four. Yeah, now, if Florida comes out and they, and they play their game tomorrow night huh? and they win, eh, makes it a little interesting. It does. It absolutely does. But how the Panthers go about playing is going to be key for me. Yeah. Do they look like themselves? Do they look like the team from Games One and Two? And can they win that way? Because if they can win that way, if they're playing to their identity, if they are playing how they've played all year long, or really more so in the playoffs then they're going to feel good about where their game is at. I don't know that the Panthers leave that game last night feeling good about how replicable that's going to no, be. No, they feel good that they won the game. 100%. I, I think that they're probably looking around saying, is this really the game that we we need that we can play? Can we play this game four more times and win this way? I don't think so. And that's going to be the big question that we hopefully get answered in just about... 
24 hours from now, Game 4, Stanley Cup Final, Vegas and Florida. That'll go tomorrow, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock pregame show. Come hang out with me at Born and Raised North Las Vegas. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, a little early today, but because uh, I'm ducking out in the next 20 minutes or so. But uh, Everybody leaves me. It's ridiculous. I know, I know. So um, my mom, who, who is a great woman, I love my mom. That's she's, a great she, way to start a story. Yeah, she, she's the best. So she called me this afternoon, mm-hmm. and she's watching the finals last night, and or final, I should say, game three. She's watched every game. Since the Golden Knights have come, she's become a, a, a big hockey sure. fan, big yeah. Golden Knights fan, right? Supports yeah. supports the local teams. And she says to me, she says, she first of all, she can't say his name, Matthew Kachuk. Okay. She's like, how, how do you say that? Kachuk? Kachuk? I'm like, okay. Kachuk. Yep. The T is silent. I'll give you a guess as to what she complained about with Matthew Kachuk. Mouth guard. Yes. She says, oh, my, my neighbor Kat was over. We were watching the game. <laughs> and we just kept talking about how annoying it is that he continues to chew the mouthpiece. She's like, just put the stupid thing in your mouth and stop chewing it. Yeah. Then she asked me why he does it. I'm like, I, I don't know, Mom. Like, yeah. like I, 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 First of all, I've never talked to the guy. I've never had a, an opportunity to interview him. Sure. But if I do... Asking him why he chooses mouth guard mm-hmm. is certainly not in the cards. See, I disagree because that's a Chapman question. It is, but I'm afraid he'd beat me up. He's not going to beat you up. Uh, maybe verbally. Like, this, no, he's not even going to do that. Like, he's. <laughs> I think Matthew Kachuk will probably answer the question. Like, he'll look at you and he'll not want to answer the question, but yeah. I think he'll answer the question. You know who else does that and it's really annoying? Hmm. Steph Curry. Really? Yeah, Steph Curry yeah. is is a mouth guard chewer, and and it's it's annoying. And I mean, the whole point of a mouth guard is to have it in your mouth so that when you get hit or there's an impact, you're able to bite down on it. Yeah, you don't you have don't break your teeth or your teeth rattling. You don't mess your jaw up. You don't get a concussion. Like I I just think that Matthew Kachuk should probably keep the mouth guard in his mouth. Yeah. I mean, and, and, like, how much this, mental this, energy does it take to chew on the mouth guard while you're trying to play hockey? Well, and, and as a guy who broke a tooth on a high chew, <laughs> I would say keep the mouth I wish I had a mouth guard to eat that high chew. I guess the question is, so, Matthew, why do you do that with your mouth guard, and are, do you have all your teeth? Because, like, what if he has all of his teeth? It looks like he does. It's wild. Like, it's strange. There's a lot of players that envy that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Riley Smith is missing a tooth. Sure. He lost it. I don't know when he lost it, but it's like, a, I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that before. All right, so mouth guards. Complaining yeah. about mouth guards. That's, that's, that's the conversation with my mom this morning. I think that's a perfectly reasonable conversation. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect mom conversation. Hour <laughs> number two of the VGK Insider Show coming up next. We'll get Mallard back up. Fox Sports Las Vegas.